Wrestling Geeks Alliance. ever experiences you know hangovers things that make you feel down after a night of of just having a couple adult beverages here at wrestling geeks alliance we don't have anything for you i i I don't know what to tell you you might be that guy that offered fucking cm punk a beer last night because yeah i'm trying to figure that out myself so if you're still here of course you are you're listening to another episode of wrestling geeks alliance show in which me and my co-host Christopher Brother Ray Patton break down the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news and provide you with reviews over the shows uh, from the past week. So we got a couple things to talk about. Uh, All Out, obviously, is this weekend, and I want to introduce my co-host, Chris. I drank too much whiskey last night. Oh, well, you're on Labor Day vacation. I think that's allowed. And you know what they say, uh, the hair of the dog that bit me, Lloyd, the hair of the dog. Uh, to reference uh, he, back to the shining yes yeah the hair of the du- yeah exactly now um as long i think I, last night i didn't offer an obvious straight edge person that i'm i'm a fan of a beer so that's good but that's not even that big of a deal i also didn't make a huge twitter feud with all my fans acting like a fucking asshole like i'm a um a, an awesome you know, uh, AEW wrestler when I'm just a side piece for the fucking Young Bucks like uh, Carl Anderson did the other day. So uh, I'm glad I didn't do anything like that, Chris. <laughs> Good call. That moment was very, very awkward because he didn't even offer him a whole beer. He offered him like a quarter sip of backwash, essentially. That was, uh, that was, that was shocking. Not as shocking as Carl Anderson because, you know, drunk people do dumb shit, but... Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe Carl Anderson was drunk. That might explain uh, the Twitter rants he was going on. That's what I was referencing in general. I'm, I'm hoping he had a couple daddy sodas, but, you know, he hasn't been on uh, Twitter the last two days. So I'm wondering if he's like, oh, damn it. You know, but who knows? Uh, probably won't get any repercussions or anything like that. But uh, not a good look. Got to say that. Not a big fan of cancel culture. Definitely don't want anything like that for, you know, the machine gun. But. I don't know. At one time, just put the keyboard down, and uh, I have a feeling that if you're at FanFest this weekend, there's not going to be a lot of people going to your booth. Honestly, if I was there, I would literally go to the guy next to you, whoever the fuck it was. It could be, like, I don't know, someone I don't give a shit about, uh, Marco Stunt. I would literally go directly towards your table. I know you're listening, Carl. Um, And then I would shoot left, get an autograph from Marco Stunt, go to the one to the right, and then go past you and just put my shoulders up like this and walk away. So I think anyone that is at the fan fest, if Mr. Anderson is, uh, you know, just giving autographs, should probably do that. You know, the fuck is wrong with that guy? Asshole. Yeah, I mean, you also make the mistake of arguing with the fans and like threatening to, hey man, make attention, man, we'll fight. What the fuck, dude? You're not that. Uh, you know, Tommy Dreamer was like, Carl, this is Tommy Dreamer. You know, you don't need to be so aggressive on the phone. Um, I don't know. Just bragging about the Wednesday Night Wars when you're actually on impact. That's kind of good. When 
It was about NXT giving counseling services to people that were going through emotional um, shit due to being friends with uh, Daphne, which we will talk about as a real subject soon. So, and saying WWE sucks. Double down, double down, double down while you're drinking shots. I'm I'm sure drinking beers. I'm sure you woke up and, uh, you know, shit happens, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that that's the weirdest thing is like one how it how the conversations even started and then wrapped wwe in and then just started assaulting the fans which they did fire shots back uh referencing carl anderson's women problems uh, we've talked about in the past on this he didn't show like that either he, he didn't like that either but it's like i didn't go that bad i don't think I, I i argued with him i told him i liked him a lot and this was just disappointing but you know like i said you shouldn't be taking shots at nxt about the Wednesday Night Wars out of nowhere after that whole entire experience. And then afterwards, put your, your thoughts about suicide prevention in a pinned tweet. Uh, like that wasn't, all, whatever. Just very insincere and just came off like a jackass. And if you're going to take shots at NXT in the Wednesday Night Wars, you should actually be a part of them. And I love Impact Wrestling and all they've done. And I think that they've done a lot of cool stuff. I don't know if I'd include the Good Brothers really in it. At first they were, but the novelty's worn off, and now they're basically just, you know, set pieces for the uh, the elite in the background. And, uh, yeah, that's how I feel. So, fuck them! Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think that that's a valid way of feeling. And, uh, yeah, it is weird that you're talking about He He's out there talking about the Wednesday Night Wars, like he was there from day one or something. And Or he works mind. for AW. <laughs> well, keep in mind that him and him and the Good Brothers and AJ turned down the opportunity to work with AW to re-sign a contract in WWE. And so that terrible company tried to give him close to what a million to fucking chill around. Like him or Gallows really deserved that until they cut him because yeah. AJ Styles. They were trying to keep him there. I mean, let's let's be honest, people. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean if we're if we're all being completely honest with ourselves. Uh, they re-signed with WWE and then got fired. And since we've seen their work as of late, I mean, maybe outside of if you're a big fan of Talk and Shop a Mania or whatever, that it's not really moved the number at all in impact, I would say. You're saying he hasn't made an impact in impact? Yes. <laughs> I would say someone like Christian Cage being there is more important than the Good Brothers. The best thing they could have done is went back to New Japan, honestly, if we're all being honest here. Yeah, and I think I'm going to go back and watch a, a Machine Gun Tanahashi match from back in the day because he is a good ring wrestler. But, uh, you know, shit happens. Some people were putting him on the shit list Austin Aries. Oof, that's a bad list to be on. Austin Aries? I don't remember Austin Aries coming out and being a dick on Twitter to his fans. It's more of like he's just kind of a hard person to work with if you are a wrestling promotion, right? Isn't Wasn't that what he was more known for? As Jim Cornette called him, the fucking turnip eater. Yeah, he's one of the best in-ring wrestlers he's seen of his generation and just a fucking douche. But, yeah, a little bit different. I just don't know. You, you probably shouldn't say hey meet me in person if you're anyone here's the thing here's the here's the thing online if you're somewhat famous people know your face don't start fights with people on twitter because one crazy motherfucker might come up and just punch you in the face and then you gotta go from there 
Well, it's like also if you fight them, that's just a lawsuit, right? Like this isn't this isn't the 1970s yeah. where wrestlers can bury that kind of stuff. I mean, it, whatever. Which, I mean, he he knew it was never. Which one was protecting their industry, and the other one's just being a douchebag, you know? With if you were to fight a fan back in the day. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it just was bad timing, man. The night that your show's on of Impact, during that, you're tweeting having a war. The day that Daphne passed away, which is the reason why people got pissed off at you in the first place about making it about yourself with that comment towards the report. Um, and also the weekend of All Out. Just not a good look altogether. That's my last final statement on the uh, situation itself. Yeah, very stupid. And then anytime you, like, threaten to fight a fan in public it kind of makes you sound like a keyboard warrior uh <laughs> threatening to fight anyone on twitter makes you very much sound like a keyboard warrior good old keyboard warriors well anyways uh going from that do you want to talk about some more aggravating shit before we go to all out yeah sure so nia Jax uh did some more stupid shit in the ring this week <laughs> how the hell out of the whole nloa family is there just one member of it that seems to have two left fucking feet is my first question. Because this is a history of people sized much bigger than her that were able to move around. Like, go watch Yokozuna's early matches when he was Kona, when he was a little bit smaller than even his debut size. He's able to run around like it's nothing and also knows how to treat people with the fact that you are bigger than them. And therefore, if you do a certain thing in the ring... You're going to have to do it with less force because you could actually fucking hurt them. But uh, good old Nia Jax and her wonderful supporters that apparently don't watch the actual wrestling. And if you're one of them that's listening, apologize, but um, not apologizing at all. Um, I thought what happened on Monday was atrocious. I didn't think that. I mean, she could have really seriously hurt Charlotte. And it's not like she hasn't dropped her on her head beforehand. Uh, that could have been serious bad. But, you know, somehow Charlotte was able to get out of it. Uh, she was dropped right on her fucking head with that last one. But this time, obviously hitting more of the shoulders. It was just the lack of professionalism. The fact she laid out Rhea Ripley from behind with a clothesline that looked just completely reckless. Um, took Nikki Cross, didn't protect her on a Samoan drop to the outside on the floor. Just dropped her. And then just coincidentally, all of a sudden her and Charlotte have issues. We know that Charlotte really thinks highly of Rhea. You know, Bully Ray was... Uh, and, and, and I'm glad for Busted Open for reporting it, I think, correctly, because a lot of the other outlets were making this, whether it be like a Nick Hausman with his Wrestling Inc. recaps or uh, news recaps, I should say, or, or even Simon Miller, who I'm a big fan of Simon. I think he's awesome. Always positive uh, from what culture. But we're trying to like just just play it off like, ah, oh, you know, shit went down. No, I, I'm glad Bully Ray really went into this. She has a history of this shit. She has major injured. We, Kari Sane, after that injury uh, with the concussion, when she threw her to the stairs and smashed her head open, after that, she had, a, what, maybe a couple more matches, and then she left WWE, and she still hasn't started back her career. You know, um, Amber Moon was taken out for a couple months, uh, which is called Bailey. She even hurt Alexa Bliss, one of her best friends. So this is many Dana Brooke, uh, Mandy Rose, like Sasha didn't but was ragdolled by her by you know which was amazing she didn't get injured in her situation this is a collection of some of the biggest females pretty much all of them on your fucking roster 
that someone who doesn't give a shit, it seems like, I don't know, it just really pisses me off. I'm glad that Bully said that he thinks that maybe something was said in the in the back that riled up shit. And, because apparently from the reports, Vince McMahon the whole entire time was pissed off that night. He was yelling from, from before to finish at people, uh, ripped up the scripts twice, uh, and wrote the third copy himself right before the fucking show started. So he was already in a bad mood. Um, there was definitely animosity, it looked like, in Nia Jax's eyes while Charlotte was coming to the ring. And then you had a match that, guys, it wasn't a shoot. There was a part where they were kind of shooting on each other, where they got frustrated. It just was a really... One was not cooperating, and it doubled down, and then Charlotte started saying, well, fuck this. And hearing Charlotte saying, you know, stuff like, I'm blowing your ass up, Naya, and it got heated. And that part, like I said, where she almost did the exact same thing she did before, she went for a backdrop suplex and somehow just almost dropped her on her fucking head. And then the little part where they, you know, Charlotte slapped her, and then they they were, you know, bare fucking hits to her face and shit like that, just recklessly. I mean, a lot of other parts in that match, it just was like she wouldn't hit the uh, ropes for Charlotte at one point. I don't understand why, just because you're part of one of the biggest wrestling families, um, that you can just get away with all this. Like, Charlotte, Charlotte Flair, she's, our, she's the champion. Not only does she get pinned in this situation after they just completely abruptly, it seems, stopped the Alexa thing, which I'm not complaining about, but not the expense of having her go against fucking Nia. And then WWE's asking people, it was funny on Twitter, Chris, and I'll, I'll hand it to you to get your input after this. So they, they on Twitter they said if they were to have a match at Extreme Rules, which means they're going to be having a match at Extreme Rules, what would you want the stipulation to be? You know what everyone said? None of those, t- uh, we don't want a cage match, we don't want a TLC match. Funny you to get Nia the fuck away from Charlotte. And r- real quick, for all the... I hate Charlotte so much because somehow I miss out the wrestling that she does that I'm going to promote Nia's fucking reckless behavior. You're an idiot. And I hate that it's always the younger fans, it seems, on Twitter that's like this. Are we not watching the fucking wrestling itself? Like, how the hell could you even, like, compare the two? But I digress. Chris, sorry for ranting so much. But I... Uh, I had a conniption. I, I I don't know if you saw past the, the you don't watch Raw because you actually care about you know yourself. Um, but I don't know if if you got past, if if you got to that match or saw what she did to Rhea Ripley uh, ahead of that. But a big talk, if you will, within the wrestling community this week is Nia Jax too reckless. I mean, we've answered this question many times on the show, and and to to comment on something you said about the Analoa family and how she is probably the worst member to ever step out of that family as far as professional wrestling goes. I think a lot of it is respect for the business and wanting to be good at it and having that respect for your family's legacy. And she doesn't come off in that manner or she would have gotten better by this point. I think the Nia Jax experiment should be over. Uh, I, I wouldn't even send her back to NXT just simply due to her age and how long she has been there. I mean, this has been five years. So if she hasn't figured it out by now, she ain't going to figure it out. Um, And the entire idea of that match is they're giving you a win over the champion to set up a championship match. So I don't understand how you're going to be pissy about it. Like that's 
how it was written. So midway through the match, you kind of acting like an asshole and deciding you're going to no sell to look tough or whatever the fuck she was going for. I, it turned into a giant clusterfuck. Like you said, Charlotte got pissed and slapped the shit out of her because she wasn't uh, cooperating. And then Charlotte tries to get the match back on track by running and forcing herself into position for the Samoa drop while Maya stands there, which is kind of just further proves how good Charlotte is because I don't even know how you can do that. But she like strangely jumps up on her back, puts herself in position for the Samoa drop, and it just continues. I mean, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about how bad I think Naya is and how many people she's hurt because there's a ton of episodes where we do that already. But yeah, I have to agree with you and I agree with the majority of the fans of Naya is not only dangerous, but she doesn't seem to care about wrestling. So why the hell would you highlight her on any show? There has to be someone better <laughs> to put against Charlotte. Um, but I, it, I, this is where we're at. Like, can you not put Dewdrop in this situation? Get her away from this doll. If you just want a powerhouse versus Charlotte, why don't you set that match up? Uh, there's better. There's other female wrestlers whether they be in NXT, NXT UK, or SmackDown or Raw, there's other better wrestlers to put in that spot. Like Naomi's current storyline, for instance, is walking around backstage and not being able to get a match. I would much rather see like Naomi versus Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> which I know they're not on the same brand, but you get what I'm saying. There's better shit you could be doing with better wrestlers uh, who seem to care more about this and if i'm charlotte flair and they're like you're gonna do this title match i'd be like fuck her i'm not doing that and i'm not putting her over i mean she's charlotte flair she has the, the she has the swing in that company to go that route um what do you some, where, some, sometimes you, you have to be an age when he watched that he was probably thinking you mean what rick was thinking he was probably proud yeah. of charlotte for sticking up for herself um, and fucking just was, you know, ugh, I don't know. I just, <sighs> my whole thing is when it comes down to it, there's two things that this, we need to talk about. One of them's not as big and that's the second one. But the first thing is, okay, she didn't injure Charlotte, but it was completely lack of professionalism. What happens when she does take someone out and hurts them? What happens when it's a serious situation? Are we going to wait around? For that to fucking happen? You know what I'm saying? Like, is that how the fans that are sticking up for her, or do they look at it? Like, she's injured so many people. There's only a matter of time. We don't know if she actually ended Curry Sane's career. That was never confirmed. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, are we going to wait until someone gets crippled? I mean, that's seemingly what it is. But if you look at any other company in the world, anytime something like this happens, they don't fucking book that person anymore. Uh, what was the... Triple Mania match with uh, God, who was it? Was sexy it? Star, Rosemary. Yeah, Sexy Star and Rosemary. There's a great example of something very similar where it just broke down because I, I, I don't even know. They both got pissed at each other for something. Uh, that's and scary. I put her in an arm bar and started actually doing it and then kept on going afterwards, but was, you know, obviously trying to hurt Rosemary. And Sexy Star was the biggest female wrestler in Mexico besides uh, Apache. Uh, so her career was completely derailed by a lack of professionalism, way less than what Naya did. 
throughout the course of her fucking career. Yeah, so and, that, and that's more of what I'm getting at is it's the WWE mindset versus anything else. But if they if anyone watched this in the back and they're like, we need need to go back to another Charlotte Nia match, uh, you're fucking ridiculous. If if Nia takes out Charlotte Flair, and the, what what is your mania plans then for Raw? Like, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like they should not be in the ring together. At, I mean. Ever again, probably would be the route I was going to go. Even if you're keeping Nia on the roster, I. It, there, it's not like either of them are going to forget this match, and that in itself can be a dangerous situation. So, I it's stupid, and uh, I don't I don't understand. Nia hasn't been on TV for six months. Really, why would they even? Why would they even go this route? To and begin with. If anyone wants to see female wrestlers the size of Nia or around the size of Nia that played the powerhouse role, I mean, even the male wrestlers, there's a bunch of them, but like female specifically, Bold Nakano, uh, Aja Kong, Awesome Kong, I'll even give Nyla Rose. Uh, I've never seen them be that reckless. And Nyla's new. She might have fucked up here and there, botched a little bit, but she's relatively new compared to Nia, who's been in this for almost like 10 years with developmental, I mean, or at least eight, I would say. Um, it just, it's just ridiculous, but. Yeah. You and you can, and, and you can look on the same roster. Like I said, Piper Niven or yeah. drop same roster. That's the character that she was playing in NXT UK. If you, if you want to have that style of match, figure out a way to build it with Piper Niven. Um, but whatever we, we digress. There's lots of good powerhouse female wrestlers. I would say, like Jordan Grace, for instance. Yes. Uh, there's lots of ways to be a big female wrestler and be an people. aggressive monster and, and not be a dick. Yeah, protect people and also don't actually, this is a work. So don't actually use all of your force. Uh, try to get better at that, protecting the other person. But also, it took away, Chris, and my other thing from Raw. I thought the match that Drew McIntyre, um, Sheamus, and Damian Priest had was a great three-way 30-minute match that was actually like pay-per-view level. Maybe not mania level or anything like that. I'm not saying match of the year. But it was great. That was the thing I was telling you about beforehand. And then that Raw just completely went into Nia and Charlotte couldn't get along in a match. And that sucks because those guys kicked each other's ass for a fucking Monday Night Raw performance. Yeah, so I, when I ended up watching it, I watched that three-way match that you're talking about. I watched the Nyla Charlotte f- fuckery, and then I watched the RK uh, RK Bro segment, and then that was it. So anything else that happened, I uh, I did not catch on the show. So what did you think about that three-way? Pretty good match. I thought it was a damn good match, and I don't know. WWE so weird. Like a couple weeks ago, we had like six three-minute matches and then this week they're like oh let's go have a 30-minute match it's like they can't, decide. <laughs> they can't decide if they want to be a wrestling show or not a lot of times and that's part of the problem with me spending three hours of my life watching it yeah but uh excellent match by the three guys big deal for damian priest being able to uh, pin Drew McIntyre, and I love that transition in the end where he, where uh, Damien got him in his finisher. I just thought the whole match was great. 
Uh, all those guys are really working on a high level. And Damien, out of all of them, I think that him, there's a couple guys on the main roster, him, Matt Riddle, and then if we switch over to SmackDown, uh, I can't, Montez Ford definitely screams future star for that program. I'm going to say this, and I don't know how you feel about this, Chris. Um, I was glad last night we were able to see a little bit more of Rick Boogs in the uh, in the uh, ring. He's really good at wrestling. He's an ex-collegiate wrestler. So I think do- putting Dolph against him was a good idea. Um, we didn't get to see a lot, but based on how the audience reacts to him, if he actually ends up being a good wrestler, I think that he could actually also be someone that maybe not top tier, but like someone that could be a pretty decent star within WWE in the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I mean, as long as they're going to keep him with Nakamura, he's still going to have the same level of overness with the crowd, especially with the gimmick that him and Nakamura are doing currently. But he looked good in the ring. Um, like you said, I think it was a great choice to put him in there against Dolph Ziggler because they both can work the the chain wrestling stuff they did at the beginning of the match, for instance. That's, like you said, one of his strong uh, his strongest character traits or um working ability i should say since he's a former collegiate wrestler as, as as well as mr dolph ziggler so that that really worked out great but he's super over with the crowd for sure and uh yeah you could see him i could see him as a future star not not everyone has to be roman reigns you know you still need mid-card stars and people to go for the ic title etc and he fits fits into that mold pretty well with the current character now that doesn't mean later down the road they can't find a way to fuck it up or that he can't find a way to make that character even bigger and better once him nakamura do split but that's a time will tell kind of thing absolutely i'm trying to think i'm going over the stuff that you know happened this week uh since we're kind of free song a little bit before we get to the all-out predictions um, NXT, honestly, Chris, I feel bad, but I can't remember any major thing that happened on the fucking show this week. I just keep on getting anticipation uh, when it comes down to what's going to be happening once they're done with the, the, the last tapings this next week. After that, it's live, brand new, produced by Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon, which I'm sure Triple H and Shawn Michaels and William Regal are thrilled about. And um, it's going to go in a new direction. Uh, Rich, Rick Steiner's uh, son's going to be apparently on that one. He's going to be premiering on there. So we'll get Bronson Rich Steiner, I think is his full his full name. I, I, I would go back to the Steiner concept, though. I, I don't know why you wouldn't, you know, say, hey, I'm, you know, Rick's son. But who knows what the fuck WWE's going to do for that. That's a whole other thing. And then we also had the reports that Dave said that he's heard, you know, this Dave Metzler, Wrestling Observer, one of the biggest pugnants within wrestling media. Uh, some major names are going to be released, uh, and he's heard a couple, um, which is not shocking. But just note that what they're looking for is if anyone's making a bunch of money, has been with the company for three or four, three to four years uh, or more, are in their 30s, they might be uh, going bye-bye within the next couple months. Yeah, at least for the NXT the NXT side of things, right? That seems to be where this is aimed. Yeah, so your your Johnny Gargano's is is proposed. Tommaso Ciampa, even Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch who have been there fucking forever. Uh, Ember Moon, 
Um, you know, who am I forgetting? Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong. All I got to say is about some of these, if you want to give DIY specifically and the rest of the Undisputed Era to another organization so they can do some shit over there, uh, all right, go for it. That's That sounds really smart to me. Yeah, and I, I mean, some of the biggest news we have is that Adam Cole did not show up on any of these WWE shows, which would lead me to believe that he is not signed and is probably signed somewhere else at this point. So that's that was the, my biggest takeaway from the past two weeks of WWE television. Um, and knowing that there's more cuts happening, I, I would almost say for sure that, that, that he's gone, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's, this is still the biggest news coming out of NXT. I mean, it was a decent show. There wasn't, we didn't get any kind of super highlight real matches. I mean, Kushida was Kushida was on the show. That was fun. Um, outside Still of that, against- yeah. Yeah, I, I just uh, like I said, Adam Cole's gone. Bobby Fish is gone. If you want to make an impact, and it doesn't matter where the fuck it is with AEW, Ring of Honor, wherever. Those would be my two choices for the for those guys specifically. But if you want to give the undisputed there something that WWE or NXT made to another organization and just put them all together, Adam Cole is the leader again. That's just that's dumb on your part. Like I said, same thing with Gargano and Champa, same thing with Ember Moon, same thing with it. All of them will get jobs. If any of them do get released within the next couple of weeks, like it's alluding to, yeah, okay. If you're over 30, if you've been there, if you've been dedicated to the company for three or more years, if you make too much money, we're getting rid of you. That's great business model. Oh, well, I mean, if that's where they're going with NXT, if they really want that to be a true developmental show and it's going to be more like FCW was or the original intent for NXT, I don't know if I'm USA. I'm super excited about this. Because those shows are going to be pretty terrible if they get rid of uh, DIY and the rest of the Undisputed Air and Kyle O'Reilly and um, Ember Moon. Like, who the hell are you going to be building a show around? You you still have to be able to put on wrestling matches at some point. That's like going to be half their fucking roster. And I don't expect any of those cats. Like, I would assume it might be, like, Johnny, Tommaso, and Ember uh, deciding to be forced to end their career in wrestling to become trainers, uh, even Ciampa, uh, at that point. If anything, they'd want to go somewhere else. I just don't. This is just a stupid move altogether. Some of the stuff and decisions with NXT. Here, Here's the thing. NXT was a great hour program. It was on the network. It had such a calling that during weekends, it eventually built itself up where they were able to sell at the Bailey Center over in New York City. That's huge. Uh, just off a fucking show on the network with that much, you know, kind of what was supposed to be a niche audience. And then you take, you know, you take Dusty and uh, it's really essentially Dusty at first with FCW beforehand and going into the beginning stages of that. And then Triple H's baby. If you will, you take Dusty's baby and you put it to two hours to go against your competition. You're, of course, not fearful of. And then it doesn't do as well as you want it to because it had another wrestling fucking program on at the same time. You water it down with TV writers and then move it 
and then wonder why it's not doing as well as it was as it once was. It's just complete ignorance, complete stupidity. I don't mind a new look for NXT. I have no problem with that. I don't mind an influx of younger talent that are more athletes. They have plenty of them in the back. Parker Bardot. We talked about Bronson Richsteiner. They got um, Cal Bloom, that the 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 guy that looks like Edge that they've been wanting to get bigger and better. You know, they have a lot of those guys in the back, but. At the expense of your stars on your fucking program, like you said, I guess USA might get mad. I guess the only thing that not necessarily contradicts it, but it goes against that concept is USA is underneath the umbrella of of the Peacock Network, uh, NBC Universal. So if worse came to worse, they just fucking put it back on the network. Maybe it would be better for it. But uh, to say that even if he's putting on a good face about this, that that Triple H is not probably just completely pissed about this whole entire thing is ridiculous. You're getting replaced by Bruce Pritchard on your show that you made. Yeah. So they took, they took triple H's child, murdered it and then buried it in a pet cemetery. And now we're going to get the monster version of (laughs) NXT. They don't come back the same Dane. Uh, uh, It's weird news. And it's crazy to think that Vince McMahon is now over three shows again, and he's 78 years old. And none of these shows are really on fire, maybe with the exception of SmackDown. And that's all based on how good Roman Reigns is right now. Absolutely. And they're two hours. And they have uh, basically all the top talents on that show outside of Charlotte and uh, RK Bro and a couple other people. I mean, Literally, SmackDown has Roman Reigns. They have Becky now back. Uh, they already had uh, Bailey. They already had Sasha. Um, you know, they got Bianca as an up-and-coming star that's doing rounds. They have uh, Edge is on there. Seth Rollins is on there. Kevin Owens is on there. So SmackDown is pretty top-heavy now that I'm looking at it. Yeah, and part of that is the deal that they have with Fox. Fox is not necessarily the happiest in the entire world with WWE based on the promised ratings versus what's actually being pulled. Like, those promised ratings were more in the 3.5 million range, and uh, that's part of the reason you saw the return of Becky Lynch and Brock Lesnar at the pay-per-view, like we talked about previously. That was kind of a last-minute thing that they were able to get done, apparently, because Fox was pissed off that CM Punk shows up on Friday night and pops such a huge rating. Um, They were pissed that WWE wasn't able to figure out a way to get that deal done. And me and you've talked about this in the past. I never saw Punk coming back to WWE. I know, I know you, everyone says never say never, but you fire a guy at his fucking wedding. Uh, (laughs) I don't know that he's ever going to go back and work there. Uh, yeah, no, I, it's just, it's, it's a crazy time over there in the, uh, the fed, if you will, or, uh, the entertainment conglomerate, I guess is a better thing to call them at this point. And you have to, I mean, you have to kind of, I kind of side with Fox on this because they're promoting Peacock, right. On all of the Fox shows, which is under the NBC umbrella, which is direct competition, for whatever streaming service Fox is going to want to put out, which is in the works, right? So a lot of them being pissed off makes makes sense. And uh, SmackDown is one of the highest rated shows on Fox, you know, outside of, you know, sports and probably, I, 
want to say like American Idol or one of those shows. But yeah, I mean, if you're Fox, you look at this and you go, well, that's kind of shitty. <laughs> and that's probably why they've loaded the talent so hard on SmackDown is to appease Fox because Fox could, I'm sure that they have some kind of buyout or a way they could just cancel that show. And then SmackDown would have to move back to, to USA. And that would really kill WWE as far as what their profit margin currently is. Cause I don't know that USA is going to, well, we actually know that that's the case because Fox offered them more money for SmackDown, which is how it landed on Fox to begin with. Yeah. <sighs> that is the interesting concept. Uh, but what are you going to do? Try, uh, Dynamite, do you have any details or, or things, you know, we, we've gotten through most of the week just, you know, going freestyling because I can't think of anything else big that happened on NXT. Except for Ilya Dragunov going back to the UK. That kind of sucks. Probably Walter as well, which those both, the, both those guys would love to stay over here for a, a long period of time, but I get it. Um, I'm just surprised Vince hasn't even noticed uh, NXT UK yet because I feel like that's going to get gutted eventually. And I'm surprised that 205 Live is still fucking on, Chris. Yeah, me too. I, I can't believe that that is still still going. I think the biggest things from that I can remember from Dynamite was the FTR Pride and Powerful match, which I thought was really, really good. Um Pride and Powerful ended up winning that one. And then the CM Punk promo, um, further building up the match with him and Darby Allen, which ended with a go to sleep, right? They cut, they get jumped and, uh, Daniel Garcia and those clowns came down and, uh, you get to see Punk. Daniel Garcia is the hottest performer now in AEW. Um, he's had, <laughs> he's, even though he's gotten beaten, he's had two main events on Rampage, uh, the four episodes they've had. Think about that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird for me, at least. Um, but at least like last night on Rampage, they gave Darby a, a strong win and that moves them into the paper. I just don't know why they have Darby doing anything with these guys that at, right before the biggest match of his career, I would say. Uh, um, you get the MJF sit down interview. I loved uh, it. It was amazing, the, especially the part where MJF starts comparing Jericho to Muhammad Ali coming back for one too many fights, and he's on a downward spiral just like Ali. Jericho's an addict but needs to be in the spotlight, uh, spotlight and that's why he made Jericho put his career on the line. Um, it was great. It's, uh, I think there's a line where he says it's poetic. It's like it's poetic that the same yearning that brought Jericho to the dance will be the same reason the music dies which was a yep. great fucking line. MJ, MJF, incredible in this interview. And uh, then the rest of the show, I mean, we had an Orange Cassidy match. It was fine. He went against Jack Evans with Matt Hardy. Um, the, Chris, the first match was really good with um, uh, FTR and uh, Pride and Powerful to start off. That was actually probably the best thing about, to me, the uh, Dynamite. That was an awesome match. They're evened. I wish they would have had the, the rubber match on fucking uh, All Out, but it looks like we're going to get that. Just whatever happens, and they've had two good matches. Thank God Cash was able to come back from that tear out of his fucking muscle from the uh, the ring rope or whatever, the connector part. Um, but they've had two good matches. They need to have one last banger and then put these guys 
especially Pride and Powerful, in a bigger position. I would love Pride and Powerful to beat the Young Bucks at the New York show for the titles, honestly. So I think they need to beat FTR for the last match and then rebuild FTR throughout the tag team ranks, have them go against a lot of people, build up their stuff, and maybe go back to that eventually for the titles or something. Uh, but if we can build to when they, they do that giant New York show, if Pride and Powerful wins, I think that would be awesome. Just like, and maybe this is an early prediction, if Miro beats Eddie, I'd like to keep on going and actually have me, uh, Eddie go over Miro for the TNT title in New York. I think that would be another awesome thing. Yeah, I think that both of those ideas are great. Um I don't know that the young, we'll talk about this on my predictions, but I don't know that the young bucks are going to be champions by then. I'm not sure that they won't pull the trigger on the Lucha brothers tonight, at least for a little bit, but, or not tonight, but tomorrow night, um, which that match by that match was pretty good. As far as setting up the go home angle, it was a pretty good cage match until the, the, the finality of it. And then the only other thing I remember from the show without pulling all of my notes up here was, the Jericho interview, which was okay, but he got smoked by MG- MJF. Yep. I didn't even know why JR was in the fucking ring. I just like Tony a lot of times. If we're not going to do another a standard interview, and I get it's 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 Jericho, so he wants to do a promo. Just have Jericho come out by himself. You know what I'm saying? Like if we're not doing the format and the fucking guys in the background leaning up against the ropes, it just seems like a waste of their time. Yeah, like. I'm sure that's what JR thought the entire time he was sitting there or standing there as well. <laughs> like, why the hell am I here, pal? Did he seem emotional to you? Jericho? Uh, a little well, bit. JR, actually, at the beginning of it, when he was uh, introing him. I think so. And maybe JR knows something we don't know. I mean, the other thing is this is probably going to be one of Jericho's, or not Jericho's, but one of Jim Ross's last appearances. Comments. Because uh, the news has came out that he is stepping away from commentating. So there's probably a lot tied into that. I mean, this may be the last time he ever commentates on a Jericho match. And he's known the guy for forever, right? And Jericho could be possibly, and they've actually done a good job making me think this and you. Jericho could be saying, you know what? Fuck it. Maybe I can figure out a way to get back in through storyline later. But I need a break. I'll do commentary on Fridays on Rampage. Uh, still come out with my guys and support them sometimes, but Fozzie's here. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. You know, there is a possibility that MJF might win. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe Wardlow's Wardlow's the blame for the loss for MJF or something. They can pin it on uh, to put not all the uh, the heat on MJF losing. But you know, it's it is interesting. It's 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 good that I don't know in that match. I'm still. I'm like, maybe Jericho's been around for a long time, man. And he really likes MJF. It seems like the only other person you'd want to put over to that level is Sammy, but they're more paired as like buddies. So that wouldn't work out storyline wise. But MJF is his rival. He's got a lot going for him. He doesn't mind <laughs> saying some fucked up shit on Twitter or, or even in the face of someone uh, that's a fan. He's one of the only guys that gets heat. So yeah, that, that really could possibly be happening. And if JR. If, if the rumors are he's going to do pay-per-views once in a while, but he's going to go back and do more production stuff, you know, stuff that he probably did in WWE. I don't know if talent scouting is one of them, but more working with the talent and then doing backstage interviews. 
if he wants to do that, man, by all means. It just I hope that this is not a reflection on some of the stupid bullshit he's got on Twitter by fans that don't have fucking shit to do, and this is actually his decision um, that he's making. Yeah, I mean, he had he had hung it up a long time ago, and then came back for New Japan and stuff. So it, it's a lot of work to be a week to week commentator in the way that he's doing right now. And he's been, like I said, he he did it for forever. So maybe he just truly is tired and wants to step into maybe a smaller role. And uh, I'm sure fans berating him on Twitter. It, you have to look at that if you're if you're Jim Ross and think, am I tarnishing my legacy to some extent, which sucks. That's a shitty thing to have to go through. But I think it at some point it happens to all athletes, right? Or all I would even say commentators. I mean, John Madden didn't go on forever. Um, but yeah, it's it is sad, and I'm definitely going to miss Jim Ross. And maybe even if he does step away, they will utilize him for very big matches much like WWE did and I'm sure there's a lot you can do with the the brain of JR even from the backstage portion so. well we'll have to wait and see but um whatever Jim Ross wants to do is whatever Jim Ross wants to do there's one thing I want to talk about with Dynamite and you kind of alluded to it was the tail end and I'm surprised that I'm not surprised because wrestling, it's like people out there in the industry, even if you work for a major fucking company, it's, and I like some of these guys, like uh, I'm a big fan of this guy, Justin Labar. He works for Wrestling Inc. He works for Busted Open. He's a great reporter, but they were doing a show and they were covering Raw and he didn't, no, no, they were covering AEW and he didn't know that AEW was moving to TBS. And I'm like, how the fuck are you a mainstream reporter for wrestling? And you don't even know this shit. Uh, but a lot of people didn't know the homage that they were doing at the end of Dynamite. They were like, this is great, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, they just, I mean, it, you can go back to Brett and Owen in the cage where the Hart brothers are trying to come in, I guess. But this was really Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, Horsemen, Swarm the Thing, Block Off being able to get in. They're fighting off people. And a riot started in their situation. But they, quote, unquote, broke Dusty's leg. Instead, we got a half-assed one. We have Kenny Omega saying random shit on the fucking microphone and just hitting them with kendo sticks. I thought it was lame. I thought it was a bad homage. And I thought that a part of me, Chris, thought they were going to take out Christian. This was how they were going to do it. Um, and maybe, you know, Adam Page just shows up when Kenny's like, I don't even have an opponent, blah, blah, blah. There's no one that can go against me. So they could have, maybe that was in the works the whole entire time. no. They're just going to hit him with kendo sticks. Um, God, was this fucking a lame homage to that whole entire concept or what? Just to some extent it is because this is also a company that just had a fucking light tube match with Nick Gage and Chris Jericho. So you would think that you would do more than that if you're really trying to sell the danger of being locked inside a cage with the elite. But then again, the elite are kind of geeks. <laughs> like yeah. You know, like they're kind of a goofy faction to begin with. Like, I don't know that they're supposed to be as believable as the four horsemen destroying Dusty Rhodes. 
Um, and I don't know if this is 100% true or not, but I know Tony, I, I'm assuming that they pushed for time because after the show, Tony Khan came out to the ring with the cage, it was still down trying to figure out, out a way to stop it. So I don't know how much longer this went on as the show went off the air, but apparently there was some, I, I don't know if the idea was to set up Tony Khan having to step in to do something about Don Callis. And maybe that's how you get someone like a Daniel Bryan coming in. So I don't know if that was the plan or if they were just doing an after show thing just for the fans in the building. But that was Ooh. rumored to happen after the match. So I don't know if it's something where they just ran out of time. Um, or like I said, it was a send the fans. I don't want to say home happy because apparently uh, he wasn't able to get into the cage either. So I don't, I don't know what happened after <laughs> after that but if they're planting those seeds which i think they should have done a long time ago because why the hell are you letting people from impact run wild in your company um that might be a cool storyline and could make sense of why it ended a little anticlimactic if they just ran out of time and that's fine but I, all right so i'll give you two scenarios using that whole entire um you know setup like the Horseman Dusty gimmick um, from back in the day. You apply it towards this, even give them the, the allotted amount of time that they're supposed to have or whatever. Um, or tomorrow night, they didn't, do that on, they didn't do that on Wednesday. The cage is there, and I'm maybe second, third to last, wherever they put it, Jericho, MJF. Um, Either it doesn't really matter if who wins that match. It works either way because either MJF lost and he gets the better of Jericho with with whoever's out there. Maybe Wardlow, Sean Spears, maybe everyone rushes to the ring, um, and then they just beat the shit out of him. MJF's pissed, or he wins and wants to fucking keep on putting damage on it. All of a sudden, MJF realizes something. He looks up and he looks at the camera and he orders Tully to go fucking lower the cage. Tully runs over. Maybe they have it right there at the fucking the uh, the ring bell desk or whatever. Uh, lowers it real quick before anyone can get in. You know, maybe right towards the end they're trying to get in, and then they break Jericho's leg or do an angle like that so he can go on the road with Fozzie, um, or he's retired anyway, so it's just going to put him out for a while and actually try to get some real heat from someone that's a heat seeker. While Sammy Guevara and everyone's trying to claw in but can't do anything about it. Chris, did I lose you with that? Yeah, they could. I mean, they could definitely. Sorry, uh, my headset went unmute. Uh, yeah, no, they definitely could do something like that. I could see that happening. It's just, my only thing would be, is that going to the well too often with the cage? No, I'm saying don't do it on Wednesday. They do this instead. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that would have made a lot of sense. Gives you a way to get Jericho out, but I don't know. Is, is, hmm. Yeah, no, that would have made a lot of sense for sure. That, that they definitely could have done that. But they were trying to show the fact that once you're in the, the, the cage with the Young Bucks, it's them versus the Lucha Brothers, but we'll go on. We should probably talk about that. We've kind of gone into everything, I think, major, I would say. Uh, we'll kind of get into some details about SmackDown. Actually, 
What I found, oh, actually, uh, Finn Balor and Roman had a pretty damn good match, man. Um, but obviously, they're not going that direction. I'm assuming they're going to get Finn Balor, Roman Reigns, for whatever reason, at Extreme Rules. Because um, he got kind of fucked over. Uh, and we'll get that. But do you think that there's a possibility that they're trying to stack stuff on the Roman that maybe this is going to be the return of the demon and Roman Reigns is going to be the first guy to beat the demon at Extreme Rules if they have that as the match? Just to give him another boop. I whew, I don't know. It's hard to say. Does that match turn into a three-way match with Brock and Finn and Roman so that they have an out for Roman? Well, I think him and Brock are at Saudi Arabia. So I think this is before that. It's just going to be him and Finn Balor, I'm assuming, at Extreme Rules. Okay. I, I just know that they announced that Brock is back next week. That is a good point. That is a good point. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, that, that was one of the big announcements from SmackDown is that Brock will be at the Madison Square Garden show. <laughs> I just remembered Paul Heyman getting the phone call from Brock Lesnar and his fucking theme music is his ringtone with Kayla <laughs> Braxton. I want to say also the work that Paul has put with Kayla, she has become from being a robot to being a really great personality in the back with interviews. So I definitely appreciate that. I love her. If you watch the 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 SmackDown after show on the network, they are great together. And she's always drilling into him and he's always fucking bickering back and forth with her. So I just love how she was so big smiled and asking about it. And like he's like, Will you get away from me? Like, you know. But when I heard when I heard the beast fucking uh ringtone, I thought that was hilarious. Like Yeah, it was a really, really fun moment. Paul's just so fucking great at this point in his career and uh like you said kayla as someone i don't hate anymore because she's not as robotic and a lot of that i think has to do with kevin owens and paul Heyman and that smackdown after show and the work they've been able to do with her and maybe wwe actually realizing that some of these people have personalities and you can let that show a little bit it's not gonna kill you it's ridiculous that it took this long honestly it's like they had that in a female not too long ago named Renee Young that was trained by Mean Gene Okerlund at the beginning of her career, but for some reason she had too much personality. Or Dasha, for that matter, too, right before that. Hmm. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, maybe they've turned the corner on uh, wanting everyone to talk in a monotone voice and ask the dumbest questions of all time. If so, that's a very good thing for WWE. Where's Charlie been? Back in Robot Land, getting her battery put in because I haven't seen her in a minute. <laughs> yeah, uh, they ripped off. They've ripped off the android skin, and uh, Loomis is turning her into some kind of art piece or something. Oh God, oh, love it. All right, uh, so I think we've covered everything pretty much. Let's get into the all-out um, predictions portion, and. Uh, Oh, well, just real quick, actually. I wanted to say a couple highlights from last weekend. NWA 73. Love the Nick Aldis, Trevor Murdoch matched. I love Trevor winning it. Uh, Nick's had it for about three years, almost. If you count the little loss from Cody, almost like close to four years, actually, between both reigns. Um, put over Trevor. Came out dressed as his mentor and actually Nick's mentor, Harley Race. Won. Uh, Flair was there to put his hand up. Flair had an awesome promo he cut that was just great. And the night before, I loved the uh, 
you know, the Camille match with uh, Layla Hirsch was really good. I love Chelsea Green winning the uh, the Invitational. I liked her match with Camille the next night on 73. Mickey James uh, having a good match with Kylie Ray. Really good match. Really good technical match at the beginning of it to start the show. Again, taken out by Deanna Perrazzo uh, afterwards, who was masked up. And, you know, now they're, I guess, going to go and have that story and impact. When I, I think that Mickey James is about to become the uh, Women's Impact Champion again, which is pretty awesome. Uh, just a lot of good stuff. The fucking camera work was god-awful for a lot of it, especially that Battle Royal on uh, 73. It was just, like, all over. The, or the, uh, not the, the women's one. The, it was just all over the fucking place. So that is my only problem. But the look of it, the feel of, you know, I've watched old-school St. Louis uh, wrestling matches from back in the day with Luthez and, and whatnot. You can find them on YouTube. So to see that place like it is and to see some of the uh, the wrestling, you know, they didn't have a lot of, I was hoping for some some big names to come in. James Storm also had a lot, a uh, really good match that he ended up losing, but him and um, Chris Adonis went back and forth for the uh, NWA, um, I forgot which title they were doing, national title maybe. But uh, either way, good stuff. Loved it. It was a lot of fun. Ric Flair was back in the NWA. That was awesome. Good job, Billy Corrigan. Just get a better production company to do something like that uh, in the future, I guess. That, that would be my only critique. Yeah, and I don't know why NWA is going a- away from what they did on their weekly TV show, which was just like two or three hard cams, as opposed to doing more zoomed-in shots to try to make it look Water, I guess, but the, the other yeah, production was not very good uh, on both shows, and there was a lot of good matches between both. Um, I didn't catch everything that happened on the second night. I did see the title match. I thought that was great. It was fun seeing Trevor Mur- Murdoch win the NWA title, dressed as Harley Race, and, and like you said, the Ric Flair promo was a lot of fun, man. It was, it was just cool just to see him have another NWA moment even in this different iteration of NWA, it's it's still Ric Flair in NWA, so it was awesome. And uh, Mickey James to Impact winning the title, that would be great. I could see her getting her Hall of Fame induction, right? She's not inducted yet. No, and her and Deanna would tear the house down. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome. I love Chelsea Green's weird hat, but specifically her, her Razor Ramon NWO-themed gear. <laughs> It was was pretty great. Um, it was cool seeing her win the Battle Royal. The Layla Hirsch match was awesome. Just lots of lots of really, really good shit without us going through each match, but definitely worth a watch uh, for anyone that didn't see it. Absolutely. And going forward with Ric Flair, it's been all over the place. He was on Renee's podcast. They talked. He's a fucking just crazy. He always, he talks about like how him and, um, his wife and like, I guess, always gets with Renee and John Moxley and they go crazy. And John always tries to keep up with Rick, uh, who's who can only really drink Chardonnay and, and Michelob uh, high or Michelob Ultra is, is what he said. Um, but just just fun stories. He's been everywhere and he wants to be on everything. He said he, he loved going to, you know, even though it was out of his pocket, he loved going to AAA and, and doing that whole entire thing. He said really good things about Kenny Omega. He was on a video that might have ended Jim Cornette's like night if he saw it. Like I feel like if he would have seen this video, he would have put his phone down 
with a big frown on his face and went to sleep uh, for the evening. But with Orange Cassidy and Ric Flair interacting, he's been at all the shows. He actually said to Renee, uh, which was recorded, he was about to go and get dinner with Tony. So uh, there's a good chance. And we're about to go into AEW. There'll be a bunch of probably predictions, I would say. I could see Flair showing up tomorrow night, Chris. He said that he wants to pretty much do whatever the fuck he wants to do. And he even said, suggested, and I don't know how I feel about this, um, him and Andrade versus Darby Allen and Sting. Oh, I don't know that I need Ric Flair wrestling. We kind of talked about this previously. Yeah, I hope he doesn't get that. But he did say, I forgot to mention, he goes, he goes, you got me, you got Arn, you got Tully, uh, you know, uh, JJ's already been there. Shit, we can get Barry to come by if, if whatever. Imagine us, the pinnacle and the four horsemen together. Ma- imagine an interview with all of us as like a, a, a segment or a special with Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross asking the questions. It's like, I want to do a bunch of stuff. He wants to combine new school with old school, he said, basically. Yeah, and I mean, I actually think that the two, well, there's one scenario that you put out there, which is him coming back for the Nightmare family um, with Cody specifically, which makes a lot of sense in the realm of what's going on with Malachi Black destroying everyone, including Roundhouse Kicking Arm. So they could be talking about going that route. Or he may have been showing up at this pay-per-view and that got put on hold because the Andrade Idolo match versus uh, Pac yeah. was canceled, probably due to COVID. They said travel restrictions, but the travel restrictions were like a week ahead of the pay-per-view. So I'm assuming it's either COVID exposure or COVID um, from Pac, apparently. So that could still be a thing. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me, Andrade and, and, and Flair. Yeah, either or. My third one is Adam Cole. That would be the three people I'd like to see him gravitate towards in a situation of managing. Or, I mean, the pinnacle, helping out build them, because him and MJF going back and forth would be real interesting. It would be a lot of fun. Um, you could do so much. You could have, and I suggested this, I think, last time, where Adam Cole does make his debut, and he is with Ric Flair, and MJF tries to court them into the thing, and it, Adam Cole is basically there to kind of push MJF out or something. They, there's so many scenarios you can build off of it. Ric Flair is Ric Flair. If he comes out by himself and just has a promo at Sting, I'm going to be glued to the television. I don't give a fuck what age they are. Yeah, I mean, it'll just be fun seeing Sting interact with uh, with Rick, right? That's does it, it doesn't necessarily have to lead to a match. I know Rick keeps saying he wants to wrestle. <laughs> but... Uh, um, well. I mean, he could even start his own faction if he wanted to. He could go that route. You could do something with you know, Adam Cole and Andrade and Hangman and, I don't know, pick one other person. Um, you could do something like that. You could put him in with the pinnacle. You can, I mean, there's so much you can do with Rick. He's just ma- mostly going to be a mouthpiece and a, uh, probably a really good manager for whoever they decide to stick him with. Absolutely. And if he wants to get in the ring and get, put someone in a, uh, you know, figure four or give him chops like he did with Andrade over in AAA, that's fine. But me and Chris are concerned about he's in his fucking 70s. I just don't really need to see unless if you if you did it right where the tag match. But this is the thing. You got Sting in there, too. You know, where Rick's just at the ending, basically to get a couple chops, maybe take a, a bump himself and then 
you put someone in the figure four, all right, but it's it's a slippery slope, uh, you know. But then again, I don't think me and you were getting on to Terry Funk and Jerry Lawler. And Terry, what, retired two years ago? Oh, it's been a, it seems like it was a little longer than that. But it's, I mean, I think the primary difference is the shows Terry Funk is work, working aren't AEW shows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you're trying to highlight your wrestling, I don't know that you necessarily want Sting and Ric Flair at this point in their careers. Not that Sting has been bad or anything, but Sting's also working against people that can really sell for him most of the time. <laughs> He's yep. not having to do that much where... You know, if it's Ric Flair versus Sting in any kind of form, it would be them carrying that match. Um, but you could do something very similar to what they did at AAA. I mean, if he still wants to have that interaction, you could do like him and Andrade versus Sting and Darby and then just have the manager spots. Uh, maybe change it around this time so Ric Flair gets put in the Scorpion Deathlock and Andrade gets put. You just do the same thing, but in a different a different manner you know there's still ways to utilize rick if he wants to get into the ring and do a few things and i think you know tolly and arn have shown that there's still a place from that and they haven't wrestled in forever either so lots of cool stuff you can do yeah very very cool um all right let's i, I say let's go over this pay-per-view uh now that we got the uh rick flair portion out um oh shit tom clark our good buddy Tom Clark's main event, definitely check it out, guys. Overall, social media platforms. Uh, he's he's actually at All Out. So, uh, Tom, if you listen to this later on, I hope you have a great time, buddy, and enjoy the craziness uh, that is yeah. Chicago this weekend. I, I wonder if he's going to any of the other shows, because GCW and Black Label Pro are both running shows as well. There's a There's like three or four... They almost went the route of uh, WrestleMania weekend there as far as the stuff that they have going on. I know that uh, Dave and Brian are doing a panel. They're having a like a fan fest type deal again. Um, should be a really, really cool time. I'm actually kind of jealous on that one. It's, Me too. Uh, but he's had, he's had some very fun uh, comments on Facebook just about the overall feeling in Chicago. Like, pe- like all wrestling fans wearing wrestling shirts and kind of just being happy and waving at each other, even doing something small like getting breakfast, which is which is really cool to hear. Yep, I hope everyone in Chi-Town's being safe but having a good time. Um, but yeah, man, uh, let's go into these matches. Uh, let's give our predictions for them. Uh, we will start with the... Uh, so, like we said, the, the Pac-Andrade uh, match is off due to apparent travel restrictions on Pac's end. We went into that whole entire concept. So that is taken out. They move the Women's Battle Royal to the actual show. And on the pre-show, Chris, we're going to get the best friends, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and Willer Yuta, um, with the Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus, uh, going against the Hardy Family Office, consisting of Matt Hardy, Private Party, and the Hybrid 2. And a 10-man tag team match. I'm going to be honest with you. If I end up missing this match because I forgot about it, I don't really think it's going to be that big of a deal. I don't think it's going to end my evening. <laughs> I think it's a fun pre-show, especially if they had to throw it together last minute. But yeah, I'm, just, I'm just so over the, the Hardy family fucking office shit. It's 
I don't know, go away heat at this point. And I hate to say that about Matt Hardy, but that's just that's just me. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but the, these geeks are also perfect for like an opening card spot just to give a win to, you know, Jurassic Express and the best friends to just for the fans in the building and, and a pre-show match. We've definitely seen worse pre-show matches. Uh, so that's, if that's for sure. If, if and I agree with you on that, uh, who gets the the uh, the pin if the good guys win, Jungle Boy or Orange Cassidy? Um, probably Jungle Boy, just so they can hit the damn music and make the fans happy. Yep. You know, you know they're gonna want to sing that. So they'll probably give him the win, I would think. This is just like a, a fan happy match. I doubt that if it was WWE, I would be convinced that the Hardy family was going to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the 21 Casino Battle Royal for the AEW World Championship uh, match in the future. So the winner, like I said, will get a championship match against Britt Baker. And I only have one person I see winning this, um, honestly. But... Looking at these 21 women, I am very happy and that basically the women's division has really shaped up over at AEW because uh, we got Nyla Rose, Thunder Rosa, which is my win, uh, The Bunny, Big Swole, Julia Hart, Ty Conti, Diamante, Penelope Ford, Red Velvet, Hikaru Shida, Emi Sakura, Jay Cargill, uh, Kari Hogan. Or Kyra Hogan, I'm sorry. Abaddon, Layla Hirsch, Kyleen King, Rebel, Jamie Hayter, Anna Jay, who's back, uh, Riho, Sky Blue, and I'm assuming the two be announced, if they're not having another surprise within this, is going to be Ruby Soho for the Joker card. That's pretty awesome, man. Those are some, I now actually know every single woman on the roster from all the people that I uh, named. So that's, that's good. They've come a long way. And I, Thunder Rosa, I, I don't know who else would win. I know that some people would say Ruby Riot, but I don't know if you just throw her. I mean, I guess you can. It just seems kind of like you'd want to build her a little bit uh, within there. So she's there to make a pop. And then I don't, I don't really remember Jokers usually winning in these battle royals. I could be wrong, though. Uh, but Thunder Rosa makes sense. You know, Britt had all these things that happened to her after their match that she lost in the lights out match. And now she's the champion. Thunder Rosa wants to, you know, take the feud back to her and we'll get a really strong back and forth feud with the two of them uh, going to the next pay-per-view is what I would assume. But uh, do you have something different, Chris? Um, I, I'm kind of split on whether Ruby it's Ruby Soho or Thunder Rosa, as far as who you pick to win here, I, I guess if you're, I, to me, if you're bringing in someone big, you should have them at least have a big impact in the match. I, I don't know that she necessarily has to win, but hopefully highlighted in a way that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I think I'm leaning towards Thunder Rosa as well. Should be a damn good show or, or match regardless. All right, we have John Moxley versus Kojima. Singles match should be a really great hard-hitting match. John Moxley is going to win this. I don't. I don't expect. I don't know what would have happened with him in Tanahashi, but in this situation, I don't see Kojima winning. So, yeah, that's what I got. And maybe that's how he gets Tanahashi out of hiding—is just actually absolutely destroying Kojima. 
um, you know, Kojima being a, a, an absolute legend in, in New Japan and All Japan, I, I think that sets up future storylines for whatever they want to do with Moxley. I have Moxley winning here as well. I just don't, I, I don't see a world where he loses this match, <laughs> at least not in, not in AEW. If it was in Japan, maybe you could make the argument. Um, but yeah, with this being on an AEW show, I, I would assume unless you're going to have some kind of weird run in um, on Moxley that he's going to win this match. Uh, you, I don't know if you remember this, but when I was kind of down on this, and it's not because I don't like Kojima, I just, I mean, I forgot who he just lost against. Oh, it was Moose, I believe, over an impact. Um, you know, we just went from Tanahashi to this, but if your situation happens, he beats Kojima, and then Minoru Suzuki comes to the ring to get in his face, and we're setting up something on the television program between the two of them, that would be also really awesome. So I'm just going to throw out that theory in there that you came up with. Yeah, and Suzuki should be at the GZ, the GCW show this weekend, yep. which I think is in Chicago, right? So um, actually, I can try to pull that up, but it, you know, it, he's already going to be working this weekend. <laughs> he might as well show up at AEW as well, is what I, what I was getting at. Or like I said, it, you could still set that up further down the line if they if they want to go that route. I'm I'm thinking that he's going to have a few matches before they do anything with Tanahashi. Yeah. Maybe the maybe the Tanahashi stuff builds out of the G1 climax, which is coming in two weeks. So I mean, we still don't know if Moxley may be at the G1 shows. Hmm. All right. The the I think this is the match I'm looking forward to the most on this whole entire thing. Paul White going against QT Marshall. With Solo and Camarato in his corner. Uh, not trying to make a voodoo spell like I am, um, you know. Uh, what is that wrestler's name? I can't remember now. Godfather. Pre-Godfather. Papa Shango? There you go. Thank you. <laughs> That's an old joke uh, with Jim Cornette where he said, like, a go-go, Solo, Camarato. It sounds like, you know, you're having Papa Shango make a spell or some shit. Um, Paul White's... I, I feel like some – why couldn't – and I told you this. When Billy turned on them, which was a good turn, I was like, oh, so does this mean that QT Marshall's out of the match and we're going to get Billy Gunn versus Paul White, which is kind of eh. But, I mean, at the same time, I way rather fucking watch that than this. By the way, that diamond cutter was terrible. I don't care if they were holding up the big show. It just looked bad as shit. I don't care about any of this. It's fucking annoying. I'd rather Paul White versus a million other people. Shaquille O'Neal, which would be a crappier match. Just because of, I just don't care about QT Marshall and his bowling shirt. I really don't. I just fucking, I'm over it. I don't know, man. Last time Shaq was on, he had a pretty good match. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe, that, maybe that would turn out to be pretty good. I'm hoping that this is just Big Show hits him with the big right hand and then pins him and that's it. But I I don't know that AEW would do that. Um. They seem to be invested in this QT Marshall shit for some reason. I, I I'll, This is probably going to be my least favorite thing on the show. I can almost guarantee it. And it sucks because I like Big Show. It's just I really don't like the storyline with QT Marshall and, and this group and the split up from the Nightmare family. And now they're just a group on their own without even the feud of the Nightmare family since they've moved on to Malachi Black, it seems like. Yep. 
who is not on this. You know, I don't know how you would have been able to make that work itself out because I think both guys would have to win. But why didn't they just do Andrade versus Malachi Black for the pay-per-view? Well, I, I, I if you're going to set up a match between him and uh, what the, who the hell did they set up that match with on Rampage? Oh, it's him and Cody, it looks like. Oh, Dustin, actually. Dustin came out, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't have that on the show as just a last-minute announced yeah. match. I just wish Andrade was able to do something still. You know, it kind of sucks for him, but, you know, shit happens. Um, this is now the second time that Pac has done this, uh, first with Kenny and now with this, but what are you going to do? Still one of the best wrestlers in the world, so you deal with the, it. The Malachi Black stuff has been great, though, recently, and, and we didn't really talk about Rampage, but... Uh... That was a real good match with him and Lee Johnson. I mean, I know it was like a squash for the most part, but I love the ending where it looks like he's going to demolish him with a chair and he gives it to Lee Johnson and then just roundhouse shits the roundhouse kicks. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you definitely need this, bud. It you was know pretty great. Um, I think I sent you the article I might not have. I was actually talking to uh, Philip about this. Um, he said that he's been literally, you know, he... In WWE, it was very known that in NXT was, you know, kind of Sean, Triple H, and a bunch of those, a lot of those guys kind of helped him out. Typically on the main roster, Roman kind of really worked with them a bunch, and he kind of made a friendship with The Undertaker. He's been mentoring with Jake the Snake Roberts and studying his promos and really working with him and asking him lots of questions uh, as much as he can, apparently. And... That makes a lot of sense with his last two promo packages of how he's, you know, using facial expressions, talking slowly, not trying to be loud and abrupt. I love the concept that he said that he was going to send them to the River Six and put coins on their eyes for Hades and how he did that to Lee Johnson. He put he he, uh, you know, he put his eyelids down and kissed him on the forehead. I, this is good stuff and definitely someone smart. For Alistair, I, I mean, oh, I mean Malachi to uh, gravitate towards, and very smart dude in the wrestling industry. You know what I'm saying, Chris? I uh, agree. I think that this is what we wanted all along, even with him coming from NXT, and it's WWE, so they're able to fuck stuff up. This is a very good version. I think that me and you both thought this is more of what he was going to be when he got to the main roster. Yep. And if you got, like I said, if he considers Jake the Snake Roberts a mentor and he's asking questions constantly to contribute towards this version of the character, smart dude, you know, asking questions. I, I think he has no ego behind him at all, which will help him out in the wrestling industry. But um, let's go to the next match. I'm torn, man. Chris Jericho, MJF. Jericho loses. He has to retire. I'm going to give it to Jericho because I just don't see him retiring. But maybe they'll fucking catch me off guard and I'll have my jaw to the floor. I'm going to give it to MJF. And the only reason I'm saying this is I think it's time to get past this feud. And MJF has beat Chris Jericho four times. And if Jericho wins here, doesn't that just set up another fucking match? Possibly, yeah. Unless they do something like you suggested where they kill Jericho after the match. Um but I, I like the idea of this 
being Jericho's retirement, him moving into commentating, I think there's ways to get him back into AEW. Um, especially if he's still doing commentary, because you can have MJF. You can have him antagonize MJF enough to offer him another match to reinstate his career if you want to do that further down the line. But it also gives you a chance to put Sammy Guevara versus MJF uh, as kind of Jericho's protege. And I think that's a fresher take on what this feud has been and uh, in a good way to help get over Sammy Guevara even further by giving him a heel like MJF to work against. I'd agree with you there, man. And I definitely like that idea. I want the two of them to pair off. All right, so we have this is a this is gonna be a fun match. This is gonna be a fucking just punching brawl, and I love the way that they've built it up with the two of them. Miro, the TNT champion, Eddie Kingston. That my idea is like I said, I think this is gonna keep on going. I don't know if there is a reason throughout this match that Miro does something heelish for that, or if they just have a flat out match and Eddie's like, give me one more fucking chance, and then builds them back. But I think Miro goes over. Kingston picks it up in New York. Makes a whole lot of sense. I could see that. I would love if they could get Kingston some DMX to come out to since the streak continues when he He, does end up back in New York. (laughs) I love his theme music, but please. I I know they tried to get DMX music in the past for, um, what the fuck was it? The uh, stadium stampede, and they weren't able to work something out. But yeah, if he comes out to... You know, anything from DMX would be awesome. Yeah, they could just show the the last, what, three months of Eddie Kingston only wearing DMX shirts. <laughs> like I said, the streak, the streak continued on Rampage. I'm looking forward to this match. This will be a very, very fun brawl. Uh, Miro was great last night in his promo. Made me more excited for this match, him and Eddie Kingston. It should be a hell of a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I, I think you give Miro the first one and then put the put the belts on Eddie Kingston in New York. That'd be a great moment. Yep. Bring your whole crew. That, that's the song that you can come out to. I don't think that would work out. Censor way too much of that shit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so let's move on to the next one. Uh, Young Bucks. Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, the AW Tag Team Champions, going against the Lucha Bros. I think we both have it. I think that the Lucha Bros is actually going to beat them. But I yeah. think they're transitional. I think they're going to be champions for a short amount of time. Yeah, I actually think this is just with the way they've built the story up so far and uh, how much time they've been giving the Lucha Brothers recently, it seems like they're going to be the ones to take the titles off the Young Bucks, at least for now. Uh, but the Young Bucks could win them back, and obviously there's a big target on on uh, on whoever's shoulder is going to be holding these belts because the tag division is so stacked. And I think Pride and Powerful, you definitely could make an argue argument for after beating FTR. Um, they're probably going to need a couple more matches against some other teams, but maybe that's the next direction. And hell, who knows? Maybe they're the ones that end up beating the Lucha Brothers, and that sets up your scenario with uh, the Bucks and Pride and Powerful. Yes, we'll see. Well, if the Bucks and Pride and Powerful don't happen, and the Lucha Brothers does, uh, I've seen some great matches between back at Impact, LAX, and uh, uh, the Lucha Brothers. So either way, 
New York. I want I want the formal uh, the formerly LAX prime powerful to go against whoever wins this match. Um, next one, we got Britt Baker DMD versus Chris Statlander for the AW World uh, Women's Championship. I think that Britt is going to win, and I think that afterwards Thunder Rosa is going to come out because she won the thing. In my head, this is what's happening. Uh, doesn't mean it's going to happen. And runs out, somehow evades Hater and and uh, which we call Rebel, and just gets a couple good fucking licks on Thunder Rosa to really start that feud back up. That's my prediction. Oh, I'm torn on this because I think it Britt doesn't really need the belt. It might help Statlander, but I, I think you're you're probably right. Um, but the way the way I would think Thunder Rosa ends up coming out is uh, they do a beatdown on Statlander after the match and Thunder comes out and makes the save. Then it'll let them set up their tag matches to build up to Thunder Rosa versus uh, Britt Baker in the future. I could I could easily see them doing that. All right, the question to you, Chris, I'm proposing. Do you do the punk match last in Chicago, or do you do the championship match against Christian Cage last? Uh, damn, I'm almost worried that they should do the punk match first. <laughs> but I don't think they're going to do that. I I think you do the punk match last. Yeah, I feel like Chicago, that's the one, but I don't know. So we'll we'll go in the order that we think it's going to happen. Kenny Omega, the AEW world champion, against Christian Cage. Look, I think this is going to be an awesome worked match. There is no way in hell Christian is taking two titles away from Kenny Omega. I just don't see it happening. And I definitely think that this might be a place where after Kenny, this could be a scenario too, like I said, I could see someone making their presence known, whether it be a hangman page or other after the match, um, especially if they start beating down Christian. I, I definitely think that's something that could happen where maybe even Daniel Bryan comes out. Uh, so I'm going to put that out there. Chris? Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think you almost do some kind of surprise at the end. I, I don't know who it necessarily would be. Daniel Bryan probably makes the most sense. The only reason I would I hesitate on Daniel Bryan is – would you rather wait and debut him on like a dynamite so you can pop that show rating? Cause otherwise mm -hmm. that, I mean, that lets you build up the next pay-per-view if you want to save his first match back, kind of what they did with punk. I, I guess it just depends on what Tony Khan wants to do, but yeah, I could, I could see that happening. Um, I almost lean towards it being hangman page. Hmm. It would be pretty awesome if Daniel Bryan came out and you're like one against five, like that's going to help out. Christian's getting annihilated. Maybe they took out whoever, you know, Jungle Boy and, and Luchasaurus too. They're all dead. This could be the end of the night. This could be like the last thing going on, actually, now I'm thinking about it. And you have Daniel Bryan and he's not alone. And maybe he's with Adam Page or even fucking put all of them, Adam Cole, Adam Page and him just run towards the ring. All of them have reasons with the elite to hate him. And they even the odds, and that's how they go off. That I could definitely see something like that being what happens. What if you if if you do switch the punk matches, if if the punk matches before this, punk beats Darby, right? They're beating down Christians, yep. and CM Punk comes out, and that's your new challenger for the title. Definitely happen. Right Something's gonna happen. 
Yeah, I, I think so. And, and I don't think Christian is going to win. I don't know that it's going to be because he actually, I think he's going to get fucked over. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. But it should be a really good match. That last Christian Omega match is really good. and Possibly punk, match of the night. Yeah, and if, oh. the punk, if, if the punk matches before... If the punk matches before this and he gets a strong win over Darby, I could almost see them going that route where he would be the guy to come out and, and challenge Kenny because that would be a huge pay-per-view match. I don't know where that throws people like Hangman Adam Page uh, <laughs> as far as title challengers down on the list, but I, I could see them doing that. And it, I think it really just depends on the orders of the matches. If I think if the if the heavyweight title match is before punk's match then you're probably going to get some kind of surprise like you're talking about whether it's either Tangman or or i would assume daniel bryan unless they unless I, adam, does adam cole show up he that's what i'm saying man what if they do all three what if it's daniel bryan if, what if it's adam page at first and he stops a little bit and then one runs out the other one runs out you know at least Adam and both Adams actually have a reason to be going against the fucking elite because of their past. Now, ne- neither me or you want to see Adam Cole related back to the elite at all uh, because of the current incarnation. And it's too fucking goofy, but it could make sense to you as well. Just really go out with a bunch of fucking stars in the ring, you know, taking on the elite. You know, helping Christian back up, and you got all these stars on one side. Maybe CM Punk does a run out. You know, you could do, you could really make the fans go crazy um, if they want to. It's up to them. But it, even if just Daniel Bryan comes out, even if CM Punk comes out to confront Kenny, even if you know Adam uh, Hangman Page, it's going to be big. And I expect kind of one of them to happen. Maybe I shouldn't get my expectations that high, but I don't know. I feel like something's going to happen. And, Punk's uh, beating Allen. Punk's beating yeah, Darby. I think, I think Punk has to be Darby. And, and like I said, if the match does happen before the main event, you you for sure can't have Punk lose. Not in Chicago. Yep. Uh, not without doing some kind of fuck finish or a DQ or something. I mean, even then, it's just going to piss people off. They've... They've un- they're unfortunately dealt this hand because they decided they wanted to do face versus face. But yeah, I'm assuming Punk has to win. And I don't think it hurts Darby that much. I don't think that's going to change the fans' opinions of Darby Allen losing to CM Punk. No, no, no. If anything, that would be a situation where I think that you would get uh, a win and a loss, if that makes sense. If, he has, if he's able to bring CM Punk, who hasn't been in the ring in seven years... To a pretty damn good match. Um, if he loses, I don't think it's going to help. It's not going to hurt him at all. He can get his win back later on, anyways, from Punk. And I think it's actually a good opponent for Punk because Darby can just sell an ass whipping so well <laughs> for most of the match. Do so you think, think Punk's going to take uh, the, the suicide, whatever the fuck Darby <laughs> does, fucking missile that he does to the outside? I think. CM Punk knows that he has a lot to prove and he's probably going to pull out all the stops. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a Pepsi plunge. I was about to say Pepsi plunge, man. I also thought it was awesome. That little, I forgot what it's called. The pot, the Pepsi, the clothesline thing that Punk used to do back in uh, ring of honor that last night Darby did. And it kind of popped Christian or no, it, it popped Luchasaurus 
it's not Luchasaurus. Fuck. Excalibur. And CM Punk, he had a big smile on his face. Like, all right. So, yeah, I definitely think that we could see a Pepsi plunge and the night. Maybe a wave high to Hunter for him. Uh, just real quickly on commentary last night, um, Mark Henry is slowly becoming my favorite commentator now. So funny. Because <laughs> when he's, like, talking about Lee Johnson, he's like, he going to learn today. <laughs> Shit, awesome. made me laugh so hard. And then also Taz had a great line where he asked uh, CM Punk where his sports coat was. Because that's something yeah. he used to always do. In WWE, when he was on commentary, he'd put on a sports coat. <laughs> yeah, him, him, Taz, Jericho were great. All back and forth. And Mark, all of them were working well. All right. Um, yep, that is the – that's the bill. Um, I think we only have one more thing to talk about, and I apologize. It's kind of a uh, sad, depressing thing. But uh, – Shannon um, – Sproul, uh, a.k.a. Daphne, uh, passed away tragically. And, um, you know, it's kind of hard for me to talk about. Uh, so if wrestling fans would know Daphne, uh, ones my age or older or even a little bit younger would know her from being a part of WCW. I'm saying circa probably... 99 2000 before they started doing the new bloods versus that shit kind of building into it uh, when they put david flair with crowbar and he was doing his little crazy angle and the screen queen herself daphne aligned themselves herself with them and she was just a valet at first she would become a pretty good like in-ring worker and a very good in-ring worker and someone was able to teach other female wrestlers later on in her career uh, got involved in tna wrestling and as uh, Mick Foley said, and many others, she was ahead of her time. Um, you know, the gimmick that she applied, the gothic concept with horror, with, you know, uh, just the craziness. I mean, yeah, I, I, Luna Vachon could be someone that, that kind of had something similar to that, but she wasn't as aggressive. She was just kind of just people like a page. On AJ Lee, um, a Laurel Van S with uh, Chelsea Green, um, Rosemary, and all of this, you know, they all said it themselves, you know, they got a lot of that from her. And she was incredibly influential on kind of coming up with that creative gimmick. And uh, she was going through oh, horrible bouts of depression. Um, and she uh, took her own life. So just really tragic. Her daughter just uh, wrestled over at NWA beforehand within the Women's uh, Battle Royal. And, uh, you know, best friends, people like Mickey James and Velvet Sky. And everyone was taken off guard from it. She unfortunately made an Instagram stream. And what she was talking about her depression and her want to do that um, with her fans. And when wrestling friends like the great, one of the nicest guys on the fucking planet, Mick Foley and other wrestlers were trying to get a hold of her because of hearing about this. They couldn't. And Mick apparently got, uh, I, I, I think I heard, you know, uh, her parents along with authorities involved and they got to her place and she went through with it. So 
this is in two different things. From what everyone says that knew her and loved her within the industry, uh, she was a really good person. She was a really good motivator. She was a really good coach. She would go out of her way to make sure that people were doing good, especially if they were going through stuff. She was good friends with uh, Busted Open's uh, Dave LaGreca. You know, a lot of people she touched in the industry. And as someone that, you know, it's been years, it's been over, ugh, thank God, probably close to 15 years since I battled depression, um, which is, depression is a really weird thing. Your brain's a really weird thing. It can be stuff that's currently going on in your life, obviously, from whether it be grief or whatever that just collects and you can just get something or past trauma, or you just have a chemical imbalance in certain ways and your brain operates differently, whatever it was. She was going through a lot and she put on a happy face. And even though people knew that from talking to her that she dealt with this beforehand, they thought that she was ahead of it. And that's not always the case, unfortunately. And just like with any person uh, that I know in my real life or celebrities like Robin Williams crushed me, um, I remember hearing about that. Uh, just the fact that I've been in that same mindset, unfortunately, and I was able to get myself out of it. Um, some people just struggle. Everyone has their own issues. So just care about each other. Check on your friends. If you see signs, there, there's a good chance. And if you get someone to open up, they finally might be able to get the help they need. Um, but some people just hold it, carry it on their sleeve or just hold it within them and let it build up and try not to be a burden for other people. And that's the mindset they're in. And I've been in that mindset. And it's just very tragic that Daphne passed away. But, um, yeah, that's just awful. And the whole situation itself. and. The, the love and the outcry, um, I saw a lot of people just kind of glossing over this like really quickly, which I found kind of scummy. I'm glad, once again, an outlet like Busted Open really went into her career and had people that she knew, including a Ring of Honor's owner who was best friends with her. And um, she was actually about, she was going to come and stay with him for a couple weeks at his house and stuff like that with the family because she was good friends with them in september and then this happened so you know people get in dark places that's all i'm trying to say and people go through problems and sometimes it has it's not really their fault their brain's basically going into self-destruct mode and it's really hard to pull yourself out of there without some type of therapy or even some type of medication i know everyone hates that concept but that's the truth of it uh to to balance and, and put you and normalize you basically so I don't know. Give your family, your friends love and kiss and a hug and try to see and, and signals uh, for what they are. And if you do reach out, try to do it in a certain way where you're not like going at it aggressively, try to make a conversation with them and just tell them that you love them. And regardless of what they're willing to admit or whatever, get that point across, I guess. Chris, um, any statements? I mean, I think everything that you just said is uh, pretty much going to be the same that that I would I would say in this situation. It's very sad. Uh, definitely want to send thoughts and prayers to her family and friends. It's a uh, very tragic situation. I love Daphne. I loved 
character even since she was with David Flair back in the day. I think that she is a phenomenal wrestling mind and was very a very original character. Unfortunately, injuries kind of plagued her career a lot. Um, there's definitely some lawsuits and stuff with Impact in the past. I don't want to dig too much into that kind of stuff, but uh, an innovator, definitely an original character, and you know, rest in peace, the Scream Queen. And if you guys ever feel like you need help, you know, I, I know that we're just uh, podcasters, but reach out and talk to us. and Maybe we can put you in the right direction or try to give you some advice. We come off as hard asses sometimes, but uh, Dane and I on the insider squish soft uh, marshmallows a lot of times. So feel free to reach out to us and in suicide prevention hotlines, counselors, you know, it's okay to admit that you need help with something like this because like you were saying, Dane, the brain is a weird thing. And uh, sometimes life is too hard to battle by yourself, man. Yep. And as much as it, it sucks to ask for help, you're not burdening people. You're trying to get better. Um, you should definitely let someone know. And if you can't, like Chris suggested, uh suicide um prevention line is 1-800-273-8255 call that talk to someone they'll help you out and just try to keep up with it go see a doctor go see a therapist don't just do nothing about it and let it collect it's not going to be good it, it doesn't go away unfortunately you got to go out and be proactive about it but anyways um I guess let's go into the 10 bell salute and we'll get out of here. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think this is a, this is a a terrible tragedy, but talking about this stuff should not be just because a situation like this happens. I know it's a wrestling show, but I hope people will, you know, kind of not just look for one of their friends going through something, just understand mental disorders. Um, Maybe look into them if you have questions and, you know, not saying anyone is, but try not to be judgmental um, if you don't understand it. So here we'll start the 10 seconds. All right. Rest in peace, Daphne. Oh, wow. All right. Well, we talked about a lot of stuff in a, in a shorter uh, time frame, Chris. Uh, I got the uh, wind ticket sales uh just now so but yeah it's always a a tough subject especially if your life's ever been affected by it it's a it's a hard one to talk about but uh hey man you're on vacation so keep your head up high and go out and enjoy that flea market later today sir i'm gonna try to find stuff that zach Ryder talks about on the figure podcast some some galoob uh you know special editions but you know (laughs) <laughs> sounds good buddy whatever i can do but um yeah just you guys have a wonderful day whenever you're listening to this and uh you know uh we love you over here at wrestling geeks alliance and uh just have a good one chris uh do any plugs uh say what you gotta say say goodbye to the lovely people yeah if you like hockey check out at the skate at skates to throats uh um, if you want to talk to me on Twitter about anything, uh, at Chris R. Patton, um, or Facebook, Christopher.R.Patton. And then, like I said, Dane, have a, uh, a great
great weekend, man, and have fun on your vacation. Thanks, man. You 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 enjoy your three day weekend with your lady and whatever you do. I hope you enjoy yourself and uh, everyone else out there. Hope you guys enjoy yourselves. If you guys want to listen to us on any format, just search Wrestling Geeks Alliance on Google, um, or you can find us on like if you just want to do it on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever is out there. We're on there. Listen to us every week. We usually do a show for about three hours. This is one of our shortest shows of all time, which is amazing. Um, but we talk about wrestling and all the events of it. And uh, for all of our old listeners, thank you guys so much. Uh, peace out. And let the Wrestling Geeks Alliance be with you. <laughs>